Hey there, welcome to the Grace Rancho weekly podcast, where our goal is to help you listening, hopefully one of our church members, better understand the what and the why behind all we do here as a church at Grace Church of Rancho Cucamonga. I'm Michael. I'm here with Pastor Eric. Hey guys. I'm also here with a special guest who I see very often, and so does Eric, our pastoral intern, Brian Zarate. Hello. Uh, I was at the Severances last night, and we were sitting around eating dinner, talking about the podcast. Did you know that? I knew that because you already told me that. And and the length of the podcast came up. Like, is it too long? Is it too short? And I said, all right, what do you think? Longer or shorter? Three out of four of them all give the same answer. What do you think? Too long. They want it to be longer because I want it to be longer. Yeah. They were really? like longer, if anything. Oh, sometimes Mark, I feel Mark like was we the start... one out of the, the, the four who said, yeah, it's good as it is. I could have guessed that. <laughs> so if you're there listening, maybe you have an opinion on that. And if your opinion is make it shorter, you can just keep that to yourself because uh... <laughs> we don't want any diversity <laughs> of opinions here. All right. What are we talking about, Michael? Today we're talking about youth ministry this also sprung from your conversation with the severances last night a recommendation uh, perhaps from them on something we could talk about but we've been wanting to talk about it for a while we because have. i think the way we think about youth ministry might be a little bit different than what's normally understood um by your typical churchgoer yeah that's a fair statement yeah yeah so let's talk about how we view youth ministry. Hold on, I want to ask Brian how we something. want to do it. Yeah, go for it. Related to this. Were you ever in youth ministries growing up? Not consistently, no. I was never part of like a youth group, but I was part of churches that did have a youth group. So there, you were part of the youth group, or you were part of the church, but you didn't go to the youth group? Yeah, like I didn't go that often. Too cool, didn't have time. It was too big. Like, it was a grace community. Yeah. So we didn't have a lot of time to go during the week. So every Sunday it was like, you never see the same kids ever And you again. were far away. So yeah. you'd yeah. just be like, yeah, I won't go to you. Didn't want to tough it out and build relationships. Just kind of Pretty much. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> hey man, don't hold Brian's junior high and high school years against him. Oh, and I, I won't was, hold yours against you. Yeah, I was, uh, <laughs> I was not a youth group goer. My older brother would drag me to youth group. No way. Um, and uh, I would go, um, Davey, even though, right? Hmm? I'm just kidding. My older brother, Johnny. And yeah, which is, which is funny. Uh, yeah, I eventually became the youth pastor of the youth group I did not attend uh, when I was in high school. So you didn't attend, but you were a youth pastor. I attended youth group growing up, mm-hmm. junior high, high school. Are you a youth pastor now? I'm not. Well, let's, let's get talking about that. Youth ministry here at Grace Rancho. Oh, okay. Because you, though you are not the youth pastor, you do help oversee the youth ministry here in and help coordinate it. In conjunction with Brian Zarate right next to us. Yeah. So you two have a lot to, to say and do about the youth ministry. Um, Let's set the stage though. Okay. I want to hear from you first because I, we, we're totally on board with this. We, we, I think uh, eventually we'd arrive in the same conclusion, but you as our pastor I've kind of set this vision before us of whose responsibility it is to raise up the next generation of children and youth. Yeah. So let's like answer that question first because it's foundational to 
how we're thinking about this. And we can start answering that question by getting out our shotgun and blowing away the misconception that the youth pastor is the one responsible to raise up the youth. Yeah, youth pastor, leader, whoever it is. Yeah. You shuffle off your kids to the youth group and they're going to, the youth group's going to be one that takes care of their spiritual development. I think that is a giant problem in many churches and shouldn't, you shouldn't, if you're a parent and you got kids that you're trying to raise up in the Lord, uh, your youth pastor can do very little in comparison to what you can do. Uh, And so the, the responsibility for youth ministry, if we just take youth ministry and divide those words and look at them, ministry to youth, ministry to children, ministry to young people, Whose responsibility is that? And the Bible is really clear. It's parents. Mm-hmm. Um, I got some verses I wrote down. Deuteronomy 6, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And so that's to the, the grown-ups, the adults mm-hmm. in Israel. And these words that I command to you shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. And shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you lie, I lost my spot, and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise and you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. In other words, parents, love the Lord, love his word, fill your heart and your mind with it, and then teach it diligently to your kids all the time. Talk about it all the time. Talk about it when they wake up. Talk about it when they go to bed. Talk about it at the dinner table. Talk about it on the walk. Talk about it in the car. You're just, you just, there's no substitution for having parents that love God, love his word, and talk about it out of the overflow of their own relationship with God. That is Absolutely. youth ministry 101. So if you want your kids to love the Lord, you love the Lord. Um, it's got to start there. Yeah. You love the word if you want your kids to love the word. Mm-hmm. And don't give them the Michael as great as Michael is. And Brian, what a fantastic guy. They can't, they can't replace parents and neither can any Not of the, the, the ones that we have helping out with stuff. Psalm 78 um, says in verse five uh, that he, he talking about God established a testimony in Jacob, appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers to teach their children that the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, and arise and tell them to their children so that they should set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. Um, again, it, and then he, he actually goes on, I'll just read verse eight, which says that they, talking about the children who learn from their parents, should not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation whose heart was not steadfast, whose spirit was not faithful to God. So one of the ways we fight apostasy in our own families, in our churches, is parents who declare the goodness of God, the works of God, the truth about God to their kids. Psalm 145 says basically the same thing. One generation shall commend your works to another Hmm. and shall declare your mighty acts on the glorious splendor of your majesty and of your wondrous works. I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds, and I will declare your greatness they shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. In other words, it's not this formal, just youth ministry, siloed off, mm-hmm. detached from the church. It's a generation of godly men and women proclaiming the works of God to another generation. Absolutely. Uh, same things picked up in the New Testament. Ephesians yeah. 
six and um, raise up your children in the instruction discipline of the lord yeah fathers and mothers your father's not exasperating their children leading them into anger the whole book of proverbs is is (laughs) kind of a manual um especially for fathers to train up sons but it has several passages in about um disciplining your children uh out of love Mm -hmm. and help them become wise that's a fundamentally a, a parent's responsibility so so i guess the big point here is that we're saying is a mom and dad have been divinely um, and strategically put uh, into the situation where they are responsible for the discipleship, the training, the equipping, the teaching of their own children. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the primary way, the fundamental way that we as a church obey the Great Commission yeah. of making disciples is by starting uh, right under our roof with the children God gives us. Yeah. First and foremost, it's also long-term the most impactful way. Yeah. Um, it, unless there's a kid at our church who, who has parents who aren't believers or a parent who isn't a believer. Mm-hmm. I mean, generally, the testimony of your parents' lives over the long-term is very impactful. Yeah. Because even with the not as good, you saw the good and you saw the repentance and you saw the faithfulness um, that you just can't see if you're not child or not in their household correct yep so okay clearly we're supposed to raise up the next generation as parents or as families um but we're talking about youth ministry we're not just talking about families discipling their children Mm -hmm. uh what about youth ministry is that in the bible like in the church yeah yeah Youth ministry in the church you know yeah so the other thing we would say about youth ministry so parents have the fundamental responsibility um, to raise up kids in the truth. That's the first thing we'd say, but it's not the only thing we'd say because we'd also say that um, parents need help and kids need help beyond their parents. Mm-hmm. Parents need a church to help raise their kids and kids need a church to be raised up. So I, I think it's a beautiful thing that God makes parents um, love their kids there's a natural affection that a parent has for a child. Um, but God also makes parents limited mm-hmm. in their knowledge, limited in their giftedness, limited in their abilities. And so I, me and Ashley, you know, we have four kids that we are trying to raise and the Lord, one on the way. We recognize very deeply that we are, we don't have all the gifts that our kids need. We don't have all the knowledge that our kids could use. Um, and so we are so thankful for the gift of a local church, um, to aid us and to aid our kids in their development. So we would also say that God has given the local church to participate in the work of raising another generation to serve the Lord, to know the Lord and to serve the Lord. So youth ministry in the church is a whole church thing. Absolutely. It's the same way we think about any form of discipleship, right? Church, get in each other's lives and help each other follow Jesus and do this with those who are younger than you and those who are currently still growing in many, many ways. Yeah. So we can offer a loving, gentle critique of the typical youth model, which would have the the single youth pastor and maybe a, a small group of staff or volunteers who 
have this youth ministry that is for uh, junior high and high school students typically. Um, I was in a, in a group like that and I, I commend them and they can be done really well and they can be done poorly and somewhere in between. And we do that. And we do that. But we also try to go beyond that mm-hmm. um, because what we're trying to do, so okay, let, let's do the, the critique. The potential critiques for that kind of model is that uh, the students become attached to one youth pastor or one staff that's you know kind of a you know usually a, a younger person mm-hmm. uh, sometimes youth ministries are built on still trying to be cool and so you get the cool people on staff and the kids will like the cool people and um not at grace rancho <laughs> yeah not at grace rancho there's there's hey. no cool people on hey. staff at grace rancho um man that's a lot of people there's under the bus brian that <laughs> <laughs> of all the things Brian has to contribute to the conversation. I was referring to myself. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, where was I, Brian? Yeah, you were saying a critique. Yeah. So the, the problem is, potentially, is that the, the kids don't grow up knowing some of the older folks, knowing they, the yeah. breadth of, you know, types of people in their church family. A lot of kids treat the youth group as a church and it becomes their church because right. it's so regular a lot of times it's sunday and wednesday and so i don't even sit in church with you know in quote big church yeah with the adults i just go to youth group all the time and that's my church well they have a youth and, group so night and sometimes something yep. sunday morning that kind of goes in replacement of the corporate gathering mm-hmm. and so there's and so you'll have kids who don't even know about the rest of the church they just know the youth group and so when they grow up and they're at a youth group They've got nothing. Yeah. They know no one and they just fade off. So what we want to do is to not silo the youth ministry off. We want the youth ministry to be in uh, very much woven into the life of the whole church. Yeah. And then we also want to take the whole church and give it the responsibility for the youth. So just like we saw in the Old Testament that the one generation commends the works of God's to another, works of God to another. Um, we say the church's whole responsibility is to do that. All of us need to commend the works of God to the next generation. Absolutely. We try to do this in a few particular ways. First one um, is kind of how often we meet. Brian, when do we have youth group? We have youth group every other Wednesday um, for the most of the year. Mm-hmm. So it creates a good amount of time in in between each session to kind of not make it seem like this is that one thing that youth people can participate in. The only thing. Right. Yeah. It, they could do a growth group with their parents. It's totally can. Throughout, maybe on the off weeks, because it doesn't demand everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it's not it's regular, but it's not every week. So that way there's some margin for families, but also so that it doesn't become the thing for church for them. Yeah. Like they're at Sunday far more often than they are at a youth group on Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. And I always encourage you and you do it to, um, you're facilitating the whole church to care for our kids. You're mm-hmm. the, the point person. Um, you you lead it, but you're not the only one doing it. So you gather and coordinate other church members and give them direction to care for our kids, for yeah. the youth try to set up people to build relationships and we also bring members in and just have them share their testimony 
when we did kind of a youth conference here at church, we uh, a little retreat, we had members come in and share based on different things, different spiritual disciplines. So we try to get them exposed to other people. And then we also just put it in front of them and say, hey, if you're a Christian and, and you're sitting here in youth group, it doesn't end here. Like you need to be part of the church. And so talk to adults on Sunday. Yeah. Like go, go ask an adult a good question so that you can learn from them or even ask them how you can pray for them. They'll be totally caught off guard um, and try to put in front of them like your life today as a 16 year old can have an eternal impact and you can make a lasting impact starting now on our church. Mm-hmm. If you live faithfully and you don't just like most youth do kind of, you know, look at yourself all day. Yeah. And wisdom is gained in building relationships with other people who yeah. are not also teenagers. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's think about, imagine if your kid is 15, 16 years old and he or she has a conversation with a shut in and gets to hear about the difficulties of, a, of life when your body doesn't work the way you want it to. Imagine the wisdom that you can gain in that situation or, or a 15 or 16 year old um, talking to a new mom who's just learning what it's like to have a baby in the home and maybe a young woman in her teens learning what motherhood's like through watching. Or imagine on the flip side, being 15 or 16 and having someone in his 20s or 30s or 40s or 50s or 60s all up the, the line caring about you genuinely asking you how mm-hmm. you're doing not treating you like insignificant you don't matter you're just a teenager you're stupid because you think about all these other you know you, you don't know anything about life yet um, I'll talk to you when you get a little older imagine someone in their 70s investing in someone who's a 13 year old absolutely um, like there's so much power in that uh, it, I think our culture is obsessed with youth and so in order to try to reach the youth we try to act youthful like this is why you get guys in their 50s and 60s dressing in skinny jeans and ripped you know jackets i don't even know it's cool whether the way they wear ryan what do they what do cool people wear now <laughs> cool people wear uh fanny packs um <laughs> that's all about ryan all is the king of, of cool yeah but it's sad when you get people thinking that the way to reach the youth is by the way you dress, the way you talk. And, um, and yet that's a lot of what we see going on. And we kind of want to stand against that and say, I think that's, that might be what youth want, but what do they need? They need godly men and women who have lived lives, uh, worth living, have gained experience and wisdom and who love them and can speak to them the truth. So we try to facilitate that as much as possible. Yep. If you're a church member here, like start talking to the kids on Sunday, right? Go out of your way to do that. I feel like we can forget about, like it, it, it's great if someone wants to volunteer with youth on a regular basis or come share, but it's even better if you're just doing it on a week to week basis. Don't let them just run off together. Stop them. Have good conversations um, because they matter as much as the person next to you. So get to know them. That would start by even just praying for them when you pray through the directory. Yeah. Learn their names. Pray for people's kids. And what if you're like, you're a, a young man who's starting to follow the Lord and you, you're starting to realize, man, I really need to help others follow Jesus too. Like that's part of my calling. 
Well, one of the things you could do would, would be to get to know a student. Like that's a non-intimidating way to start your ministry is to get to know a student. And maybe that starts with getting to know their parents. But what if you just invested with a 17-year-old young man and read the Bible with him on Thursday mornings um, and prayed for him? That would be an, an invaluable gift to that young man. Um, so true. So youth ministry is, to sum it up, the whole church taking responsibility for our youth, and then it's the youth being encouraged to assimilate their lives with the whole church. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, we just want to faithfully disciple all our people, and this is one way we do it. What are you guys teaching through? We're teaching through uh, Paul's letter to the Colossians. We started about a month ago, maybe a little more. We're still working through chapter one, and it's been a good experience so far. How often yeah. you guys, um, you guys both are teaching, right? Yep. And how often do you teach Michael? How often do you teach Brian? We alter, or we trade off. Every week. So every You're teaching other, once a month. Every once a month. Every other week, okay. You're still in chapter one. Guys are going deep. Well, yeah, yeah. We we did what? How many? Like, did we just finish chapter one? Yeah, we did like an intro week for all of Colossians. No, we didn't finish chapter one yet. There's one more passage. Uh, then we did you know the first few verses, the first couple verses after those. Then we did like fifteen through eighteen. I just did nineteen through twenty three. I had to preach a psalm in between too. Oh yeah, yeah. Brian popped in a psalm that he had studied for class to preach. And then I think Brian's going to finish chapter one right now. Yep. Wait. No rush, man. We, we thought it would be good. In the past, we've done more overviews. So we did like a whole year in the Gospel of John. Yeah. Just, you know, John 1, what's the big picture? The next, John 2, because it's a longer book. Mm-hmm. But we wanted to kind of have them understand it all together. Uh, and then we did Genesis 1 through 12, just kind of lay some foundations. And then we thought, let's just pick something small and slow down. Dig into it. Expositional preaching Christ is, is good. Christ is supreme and sufficient for Christian. Great. Uh, expositional preaching is got to be the healthy diet for the church, not only on Sunday mornings, but in youth ministries. Glad you guys are preaching the word. Totally. Also befriending them, discipling them. Um, excited about what's happening with our youth. I love our youth ministry. And uh, if someone says, hey, I... I Love youth ministry. Mm-hmm. I love hanging out with high school students, and I want to invest in them. What should they do? Come talk to Brian or I. And then what will happen? It, we'll figure out what will work. It might not be, you know, coming when we do it twice a month or every other week because you don't want to have, like, you know, too many youth leaders, like 30 youth leaders and 20 kids. <laughs> like, we're all just going to hang out then, right? They, yeah. can, they can tend to our needs. Uh but there's other ways. Come occasionally, come for specific events. Uh, we can set up tons of stuff, get involved in kids' lives. There's, there's lots to do, different ways to do it. It's not just be the people there most weeks. Is there a way to care about youth ministry outside of what you guys are doing on Wednesday nights? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we have a summer camp coming up uh, in the middle of June or late June. And one of the things that we've been trying to do is fundraise and we're trying to plan some stuff. So I, we believe that by the first week of June, we should have something set up to which all of our church members and 
pretty much anybody in the community as well. We're going to hopefully make up some big, some big signs and make a big show on the side of the street to get people in for a car wash. So you're going to make a big show on the side. Yeah. We're going to have kids uh, jump around and make signs so that they can draw people in the side of grace Rancho that no one's ever seen before. Like that flashy, like, Oh yeah. Come in here, please type thing. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, um, if you are, if you have time on a Saturday, um, we're thinking probably the first weekend of June, um, we're going to have something going on to raise a little bit of funds for the, Students going to summer camp. Yep. In the cool. end of That's June, just so. a very, very practical, easy way to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can help support kids going to camp. Yeah. And uh, don't just throw money at them, man. They're going to work for it. Sounds good. You can also pray. Pray a lot. Pray that the Lord would use the leaders that are there consistently um, to impact the kids and show them what faithful Christ-like lives are. But also just... Youth ministry is interesting because it, it's not always easy to nail down where kids are at. Mm-hmm. And so we've got kids who have probably been Christians for a few years and they're eating up their Bible by themselves. And we've got kids who maybe look at the Bible when we're in youth group, right? And might have a hard time paying attention. And so mm-hmm. you've got a broad range and a broad range of ages a lot. So just pray that um, Lord would use his word and, and the efforts of the church to save people and make disciples. And, and, a particular prayer request, I think, for youth ministry is if a kid gets saved, even though they've been in a Christian family for a long time and they know the Bible, pray that they'd be bold to make it known. Because mm. mm-hmm. I think one of the things, and, and this would have been true for me, that is just lost is, hey, I actually understood the gospel for the first time ever. But a lot of times kids are afraid to like make that known because it feels like maybe everybody thought I already did. And I don't want to disappoint them or something. Right. You no, know, it's an exciting thing to celebrate. And so pray that kids would, one, they understand things and, and it clicks and they trust in Christ for salvation, would make it known so that we can build them up in particular ways and celebrate what the Lord is doing. Well, very good. Well, thanks for listening to our podcast on youth ministry. Brian, thank you for gracing us with your presence. You're welcome. Michael, thank you for doing all you do including figuring out how to do this podcast. And we are signing out. See you next time.